Good to see you all this morning. When I was a kid, we grew up, I grew up on a farm, and my family worked really hard all year long, except for one year, one week out of that year. Um, we would go on a vacation, and I remember the week leading up to that vacation, that's all we talked about, you know, where are we going to go, and what are we going to see, and what are we going to do when we get there? What are we going to eat, you know? Can I take this with me? And it was just an exciting time. Well, this morning I want you all to get ready because we're going to move to a different country. And this is going to be a place that's very different than what you're used to here. It's a place that's actually probably more wonderful than you can even imagine. And we're not coming back. That's okay. Because once you get to this place, you're never going to want to come back. Most of the books of the New Testament talk about this place. It's the dwelling place of God. When the martyr Stephen, he saw just a glimpse of it as he was being stoned to death. And in that moment, nothing on earth mattered to him when he saw this place. John saw more of it on Patmos. And at the end of his book, he wrote about some of the things he saw. Jesus, Jesus talked a lot about heaven. Jesus called it my father's house. In John 14, verse 2, Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And then later, later on in chapter 17, Jesus talked, he was talking to his disciples. And he was telling them how much he longed to be in this place once again with his father. Like, like it was before the, the world began. And he was so anxious for them to see the glory of this place to see what it was like. So, so what is this place going to be like? What's it going to be like? 
we can get a lot of ideas from the Bible and descriptions. You know, there's a lot of stuff that you are really familiar with, things that you're just very used to, that are common, that's, that you've been around your whole life, that aren't going to be in heaven. There'll be no darkness there, no evil, no wickedness of any kind, no sin, no temptation, no guilt, no shame, no pride, no one will be selfish, no envy, no suffering, no pain at all, no loneliness. No sadness, no worry, no corruption, no death, no loss, no fear. You see, all of these things, they're against the nature of God. They're against the will of God. And this is his domain. And he's getting rid of all this stuff. These things won't exist in heaven. You will never experience these things ever again. So what will be there? What remains when all these things are gone? Well, what does God want? Eternal light. Pure love, endless peace, goodness, kindness, joy, so much joy and happiness, constant fellowship, eternal comfort, and eternal life. With the former things passing away, these things will remain. And you won't feel out of place in heaven. This will be your home. You will finally feel at home. The first Corinthians chapter two and verse nine says, Eye has not seen an ear, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. We have a glimpse, just pieces of heaven from the things we read but there will be so much more so much more that he has prepared for us in his home it will be a spiritual domain so shouldn't we be really looking forward to something like this to a place like this anxiously looking forward to it. Well, the Apostle Paul was looking forward to heaven. If we read some of the things he wrote about it, first, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, he says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, 
not on the things of the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. The Apostle Paul was looking forward to heaven. He was thinking about it. He was, he was really anxious to be in heaven. He considered himself already dead. This is where I'm going. In Romans 8 and 18, he says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Paul suffered a lot when he became a Christian. And he says it's nothing. It is absolutely nothing compared to the glory that awaits in heaven. In 2 Corinthians 5, in verse 1, he said, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And then in verse 6, he says, So we are also, so we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Why worry about things in this life? Why worry about what someone might do to you, what might happen to you? Paul said, it doesn't matter because what I want is to go and be with the Lord. What's the worst that could happen? You die and go and be with the Lord. That's a plus. Jesus, Jesus wanted us to look forward to heaven. He said in Matthew 6 and verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, that your heart will be also. We all have treasures here on earth, things that are precious to us, but they're all worthless compared to the treasure we have in heaven. All this stuff is going away. It's going to be gone like that. Our treasures in heaven are eternal, and they're so much better. In Isaiah chapter 6, 66 and verse 1. Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? If you had everything in this world, if all the treasures of the world, everything was yours. You owned it all. Do you know what you would have? (coughs) 
There you go. There's what you would have. That's it. Miss Connie lent me her footstool. Now, it's a nice footstool, as footstools go, but that's all it is. Now, if you think about the world, the mountains, and the oceans, and the deserts, and the forests, the grand canyons, the sunsets, and the beauty of all of this earth, plus everything that man has ever created and built. If all of that is just a footstool to God, and really not a very valuable footstool because he's going to burn it all up and throw it away. If that's all it is to God, what are his mansions like? What are his eternal mansions going to be like if this is just a footstool to him? Eye has not seen, indeed. Now, this footstool is useful for something. You know, if you needed to get up to a higher place, this would be useful. You step on it and you get up and you can reach higher. But you wouldn't want to live on this thing. You wouldn't want to stand on it all day. You wouldn't want to sleep on this thing. Because that's not its purpose. That's not why it was made. It was made to help you reach a higher place. And likewise, this world, God's footstool, wasn't made for us to live here forever. Its purpose is to help us reach a higher place. Your home where you're supposed to be is in heaven, you see. In John, 1 John 2 and verse 15, he says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes... And the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away. And the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Why would you want to stay and live on this uncomfortable footstool? Don't treat it like it's your home. Don't live your life like you're going to stay here because you're not. Live 
like Abraham lived. Remember what the Bible said about him. In Hebrews 11 and 9, it says of Abraham, by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. You see, Abraham's treasure was in heaven. He was one of those who they say confessed that there were strangers and pilgrims on the earth seeking a homeland. Don't settle. Don't settle for this. Don't settle for this world. Imagine if you would just for a moment that you were going out to eat at your favorite restaurant. And you had a friend with you. You were going to this restaurant with your friend to eat your favorite food. The very best food in your opinion that could be. And you go there and you sit down at the table and you see this bowl of crackers lying there on the table. And you're very hungry so you eat some of them. And you order your meal, you're talking to your friend and you get distracted and you keep eating these crackers. And before long, you realize you've eaten the whole bowl. They're gone. And you are stuffed. Your food comes, your favorite food, and you can't eat any of it. The idea of eating more is disgusting to you because you're already full. So you just have to sit there and watch your friend who waited eat your favorite food. What a waste. What a waste that would be. Oh, you can spend your whole life gorging on the pleasures of this world. And you will enjoy it. It'll be fun. <coughs> but what are you going to have when it's over? What are you going to have to enjoy when it's all done? When the real joy comes, when the real, real pleasure arrives, when heaven, all those things we talked about, is before you and you can't go because you didn't care. You didn't care about the things of God. You see, what a waste. What a wasted life. You see, that's why you need to think about heaven. You need to plan for it. You need to have patience and wait for the good stuff. Save room. Save room in your heart for God. 
every day. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 51, it says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. One day soon, it'll be a day like every other day, just a normal day. And everyone on earth will hear a trumpet. And then another trumpet blaring from the sky. And then another and another. And at the final trumpet, the heavens will open. And the Lord Jesus Christ will ascend from heaven with power and great majesty, surrounded by his angels. And then every knee on earth will bow, will hit the ground, knowing who this is. Many will be afraid, but those who are waiting those who are anxious for his coming will be full of joy because we will see Jesus, our Savior, coming for us. And then the earth will shake with a mighty shake. And all the dead in Christ will rise out of the grave with new bodies, completely changed bodies. And then everyone who is Christ's, who remains alive, their bodies will change as well. First Corinthians chapter 15 and 42 says, So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. Our new bodies will be glorified, incorruptible. And they will be powerful, powerful bodies. You'll have no physical weaknesses at all because they will be spiritual. Jesus said we will be like the angels. And you know how powerful they were? How glorified they were. One, and on that day, that day when the dead in Christ rise, those who remain alive will be raised up with them. And both 
will fly up into the sky to be with Christ. And we'll meet Jesus up there. And then these new spiritual eyes that we have will finally see God for the first time as he is full of grace and so much love. 1 Corinthians 13 and 12 since for now we see in a mirror dimly but then face to face. Now we know in part but then I shall know just as I also am known. So are you ready to go? That's the question. Are you ready to go? Only God knows when it's going to be. It could be a long time from now. It could be tonight. Are you ready? It's going to be an awesome adventure in the most wonderful place there is. And if you're not ready to go, you need to get ready today. Get ready today to go. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming day of God. Are you looking for and hastening the coming day of, of God? Or are you living are you living like this world is your home? You know, if Jesus comes tonight, are you ready? If he comes tonight, are you ready? Think about, think about whether or not you are as we stand and sing.